Many define someone's success by the legacy that they left behind, and some will question if the path you take matters as opposed to just the end result. Now I'd like to ask, can your success be permanently hindered by mistakes you've made in the past, or or are those mistakes symbols of what you overcame? So, Milo, how would you judge an athlete's legacy? I'll start with the NBA as an example. As I've uh, watched the Nets play, I've kind of thought about how James Harden is going to go down in NBA history, where he's viewed as one of the best offensive players of all time. Some people say that he might be the greatest offensive player of all time when it comes to drawing fouls, making crazy moves, doing all this. But if you look at his legacy, he has zero championships. Um, He started off as a sixth man. He got traded to the Rockets. Um, They got him Dwight Howard. It didn't work out. They got him Chris Paul. It didn't work out. They got him Russell Westbrook. It didn't work out. And he kind of threw a hissy fit and left and didn't want to try things with John Wall. And while everyone agrees that he's an extremely skilled player, um, his legacy is sort of in a weird place. So now that he's on the Nets playing with um, two other superstars, do you think he can um, vastly improve his legacy by winning a championship? Or um, or is his, is his path just... Yeah, it is what it I is. I mean, I think I think James Harden's I think James Harden's legacy is very much um, it shows the way in which we judge players' legacy and how in the NBA it's so in the the NBA more than anything more than any other sport we judge players' legacies by winning because superstars determine winning more than anything else, um, and I think if James Harden was a comparable player in say major league baseball um i think i think the stat i think he has the stats to have a goat case um which is an interesting way to put that but in major league baseball there are players like ted williams and mike trout who never won anything who you could say if someone said that's the greatest player of all time it you could say that um but james harden james harden's never James Harden's only ever played in a finals as a and, and James Harden, even though Harden spent the better part of the last decade, he spent the better part of the last decade carrying the, the, the Rockets. What were the Rockets before James Harden got there? The Rockets were picking up pieces from the Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady era. They were, I don't know, I think they had, they had like pre-prime Kyle Lowry. Um, I think they traded him to get, to make room for Harden. So once he gets there, they're this contender for a good decade, almost. Um, and yet he can never, and it's partially it's partially on him, it's partially on circumstance, and it's partially on the franchise's failures. Because Daryl Morey, Daryl Morey is one of the best GMs in the league. I mean, he's super forward thinking. He he put this. He's he's really he revolutionized the NBA in a lot of ways, I would say, uh, or at least he. I, I don't want to give him a lot that much out for playing, but he put together teams in a way that was really revolutionary. Um, but Daryl Morey again, he made the Westbrook trade, which I think, looking back on it, 
it's a it's a shitty deal um even though is it is it anyone's fault that the westbrook trade was a shitty deal because i mean westbrook westbrook got injured before the bubble no one talks about that by the way the westbrook got injured before the bubble that's why he played so poorly in the bubble um because he didn't have he kept taking jump shots he can't he's not a jump shooter but he could he didn't have that that uh physicality so he didn't drive so but when we talk about a player like harden's legacy it's nothing it's he's nowhere close to steph even though he's had a similar decade to steph really um he sh- probably should have two mvps um he's he's carried he's took taken a franchise that was middling to nothing before he got there um and he's taken it to another level and he's the way the way he plays the way he scores it has in a similar way to Steph um changed the way we look at scoring um, that's true yeah but the problem with James Harden is that um a lot of people say that the reason he hasn't been winning is because he plays a style of basketball that's selfish and inefficient However, I do think that he's been proving that wrong in Brooklyn by sacrificing for the team because the narrative in Brooklyn was that um, you have these three ball-dominant guys, KD, Kyrie, and Harden. How are they ever going to work it out? But um, And James Harden, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, these huge egos coming together. How, how are they going to have good chemistry? Because um, winning in basketball, more so than talent, is about chemistry. And the question going into the season about the Brooklyn Nets was chemistry. And it seems that James Harden has really been playing his role almost to perfection. So you really got to give him that. He's been proving a lot of people wrong in that yeah, sense. I mean, it's, it, first of all, I, I'm not saying that you said this, but I think it is a stupid argument that James Harden's inefficient or selfish because James Harden has led the league in, uh, in assists which like not yet yeah, not for nothing he's led the league in assists before and his true shooting numbers have never been bad and that's the only like people try to say oh he went two for 11 it doesn't matter his true shooting is still good um he's had a couple bad playoff series he's had a couple playoff series where it's like okay yeah that's that's on you but i mean he would have a championship if chris paul if chris paul doesn't go down in the 2017 uh conference finals. also that game not, seven was just on like the the shooting in that game seven was just historically bad yeah it's a it's a follow-up it, it's it's a of epic proportions it's a shooting drought of epic proportions and they lost by nine points they only lost by nine points three of those 27 straight threes go in that game goes to overtime i mean and that's the greatest shooting team ever statistically um in terms of how they shoot the three at a high volume, uh, the 2018 uh, Warriors. Um, so if they just, yeah, I mean, I think James Harden's judged unfairly. I think James Harden should have two MVPs. His, the Russell Westbrook had a really good narrative advantage, and the media loves their narratives, so he got an MVP over him. Um, but James Harden should have two MVPs. Yeah, and I, but the thing is, when it comes to MVPs, I kind of feel like there's there becomes flawed narratives when it comes to MVPs because it doesn't necessarily correlate to who's the best player in the league. Take last season, for example. Um, Giannis 
won the MVP and he won it deservingly because his team had the best record and he had the best stats in the league. And like the, the competition was LeBron and LeBron had Anthony Davis. But at the end of the day, we all knew LeBron was the best player in the league, which kind of proves yeah. that um, it's you can't just go off awards. And another thing is um, obviously the Warriors franchise and their success in Dynasty has centered around um, Steph Curry. But Steph Curry has no finals MVPs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and KD won the two finals MVPs when they played together. But stat nerds will tell you that Draymond Green was more valuable to those teams than Kevin Durant. I'm not kidding because of how just because of how statistically off offensively valuable Steph Curry is and the way in which Draymond Green maximizes that as well as being the reason their defense works like Draymond Green and Steph Curry, they're, it's a match made in heaven. It, I don't know what Draymond would be doing in his career without Steph Curry. Maybe he'd be like a bench player who's I, – I, I really don't know. We saw a glimpse of that when Steph was injured last season. And yeah, it wasn't I mean, great. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because he's a, he's a multi-time, multi-time all-star. No one's ever going to tell you he's not an all-star, but you put a team – Right. And in fairness, that team, the only other good players on that team were D'Angelo Russell, who was, what was the rookie's name? Uh, Eric Pascal, I think. Eric Pascal, yeah. who very, who plays Draymond's position. It, it was a weird thing all around. Um, there was really no alpha dog. Um, not a, it, I don't know, maybe another year with that core, they would have like made an eighth seed. I don't know. Yeah, Clay Thompson um, out too. And Clay Thompson was out. It was... It was just so weird. Steve Kerr didn't know how to do it. Um, yeah. And speaking of the Warriors and legacies, another player who's kind of had the um, the talent and skill versus their legacy. Um, one of the biggest cases is Kevin Durant. And we all know the story where um, he was supposedly this franchise cornerstone for the Thunder. And he kept um, going into the playoffs. And obviously in 2016... They had a three to one lead against the seventy three and nine Warriors, and then they blew out of the conference finals three to one lead. So Kevin Durant is not happy, and though and he's planning where he's going to go with his free agency because his contract is up after that season. And to his um, to his joyfulness, the Warriors choked the finals. So he um, he can say he didn't go to the champions, but we all knew that he just made the most um, the most cheese move in free agency history. Perhaps he went to the most stacked team he could find just to yeah. win rings. And they say, and people say that KD's two rings are less valuable than Dirk's one ring, and that it's kind of a stain on his legacy. But the thing is. There are arguments that Katie's the most skilled player in history, and that's another sort of um, comparison between legacy and talent. Yeah, I mean, legacy and talent obviously aren't the same thing because Tracy McGrady's a, a comparable talent to Kobe Bryant. Tracy I McGrady's agree. not a comparable legacy to Kobe Bryant, even close. Um, but, I mean, back to Kevin Durant. I, I just went on a tangent right there. Um, back to Kevin Durant. Um, if Kevin Durant... Um, I mean, Kevin Durant, he played with Russell Westbrook for like the 
arguably his prime, the best, the, the definitely his best years in Oklahoma City. So he's playing with Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook is one of the most questionable teammates in NBA history. And so he's like, at the end of the at the end of the day, he goes to one finals after being the second best player in the league for years and years. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm gonna go. They want me, first of all. First of all, Golden State wanted him badly because they knew that's two free rings at least. Um, and, I mean, it's hard to blame him. And I, I don't think he expected the backlash. I really don't think he expected the backlash. I think yeah, he, he said that people would view backlash. him as the best player in the league. That's what right, he thought. Yeah, and he... He goes, he goes out and he beats LeBron two years in a row, and he's still not considered the best player in the league. That's got to be fr- – that's why he left, because he could have kept stacking up rings probably. Um, but he leaves because um, he's just tired of – he's tired of the bullshit. Because, you know, LeBron – LeBron, the bullshit went – and obviously LeBron went back to Cleveland. It's a different situation. I think but, the move to the Heat was completely different than KD's move to the Warriors – I mean, because the Heat were not the best team in the league. They were not even close to the best team in the league when um, LeBron joined them. They just had um, two stars already. I mean, D Wade was a superstar. D Wade was a superstar. D Wade won a championship without LeBron. Um, But but it's not like it's not like the Heat were in the finals before and set the NBA record for most wins. It was just that's that's very true. Um, But. What what um, yeah um, the what what uh, I I'm, I want to get back to the Heat because I think the Heat how the Heat affects LeBron's legacy is fascinating um and under talked about but but like KD's KD's rings he they're still rings at the end of the day they're still rings nobody like nobody goes back to like I don't know I don't know if there's a comparable example but like. No one questions like Clyde Drexler's ring, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, when back to the Heat, because we don't talk about coaching enough when it comes to people's legacies. Um, we don't talk about coaching enough. It's it's kind of baffling because LeBron has played four years of his career with with an elite coach. He played for under Eric Spolstra in Miami. And in those four years, he went to four finals and won two of them. Uh, and in the fourth year, he was basically carrying that roster because D Wade was shot, Chris Bosh was like I don't know, fine, I guess. Um, and I don't even know who else was on that roster. Like old, old Ray Allen, some shooters, some energy guys. Like LeBron, LeBron with a good coach, like. Eric Spolstra, it's not talking about, but Eric Spolstra co- outcoached Greg Popovich in the 2013 finals. That's why they won. Eric Spolstra outcoached Greg Popovich so much that Tim Duncan was not on the floor for the for the most important play of the series. The most important rebound for that matter. The most, the, the, you could argue that's the best rebounder since um, fucking Dennis Rodman, primed Dennis Rodman. Um, I I don't know if I have stats to prove that, but I mean Tim Duncan, elite 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 big man, he's not on the floor for the final play of the game, and he's the he's the center of everything Greg Popovich has ever done has revolved around Tim Duncan. Um, exactly, and he's just not on the floor for the most important play of the game, 
and that's an underrated like Greg Popovich small balled the shit out of that team. I guess the thought process was they needed three to tie, and they're they need perimeter defenders. But we yeah, saw I mean, that Chris Bosh got the rebound to give him a second chance, and it's because because uh, for so much of that game they had LeBron with a small lineup out there just destroying that team. And at one point, Pop was like, "I've had enough of this. I'm going to small ball them," and that's how that's how uh, that's how the Heat got them basically. Another thing about legacy is that everyone talks about Ray Allen saving LeBron's legacy when it was in fact LeBron who had like 14 points in the fourth quarter or something. Like he was the like it was LeBron, LeBron who fucking, saved that game. LeBron LeBron pulled that game out of his ass. It's and LeBron also won game 7. Nobody talks about game 7 of that series, but LeBron hit the most important shot. Um Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um what was the best game? What do you think was the best game of LeBron's career? I think it was. Um, I I can't name it off of the top of my head. I'm. I think it was a. It was like the conference finals against you Boston, and it was Game Six, yep. and he and like, game. and it was like the the it's, Boston Boston's finally got the best of LeBron, and he scores like forty something points or fifty or something, and like that's the game. Yeah. You know that that like iconic. Yeah, the the, the, yeah, the his, face of him, his, like yeah, yeah, it's that game. Uh, I think it's like twenty twelve. Because it's coming off, it's coming off 2011, which is the worst of LeBron, the worst, like the yeah. most embarrassing. That is a legacy, like thing LeBron has ever done. Okay, I have a, I have a theory that I've been, I've been thinking about for a while. If LeBron doesn't do what he did in 2011, if LeBron, if LeBron beats Dirk in 2011, and it's clearly his team, is there a goat debate? Is there still a goat debate? Um, how many finals does he win after that? Because you know, there's the whole butterfly effect. Does he? I mean, keep uh, does butterfly he... effect. Of, butterfly effect aside, um, like if he wins that, that's what. Now he he currently has four, so that's five rings. That's five in eleven tries, so that's five and six in finals. Um, that's never an embarrassing because I mean, really, the best argument for MJ at this point is MJ never had a bad playoff series. Which is true. MJ never had a bad playoff series. It's kind of insane. MJ, MJ never had it, and MJ had the longevity. He just took a few years off, which is. Yeah. I think that's an interesting, interesting way that we uh, judge players' legacies. Like, why is it not factored into Michael Jordan's legacy that he took two years off from the game of basketball? Um, I mean, I guess it is like, but at a certain point when LeBron gets down the line, we're going to have to factor that in, I think. Um, but I guess at this point, MJ was just so unbeatable. I still think MJ's the GOAT. Um, I mean, of- the thing about, um, I mean, MJ is 6-0 in the finals and he's kind of lucky in that sense because it's not like he never lost. He lost to Isaiah Thomas and the the bad boy Pistons. It just didn't happen to be in the finals. And yeah, I feel like, and I feel like even even with that, LeBron's um, shortcomings, especially in the 2011 Finals, are really what hinders him. Like LeBron, LeBron having Finals losses alone isn't what um, hurts his case. It's more so. It's it's basically 2011. Really, I mean, that's simply because. Yeah, MJ's MJ has a better finals record than LeBron because he case, faced his toughest t- competition in his own conference, and LeBron faced his toughest competition in the finals. It's really that simple. Um, 
Yeah, because I think NBA legacies are kind of the most interesting. Yeah, let's keep going on that. Um, because okay, with, yeah. other, with other sports, it's, um, it's different because NBA's even though there's positions, it's more of a positionless game and we kind of judge players in the same in the same way because in football it's like right, yeah. saying who the best quarterback like saying who the best quarterback is and who the best receiver is they're never it's really hard to lump them in the same conversation but like saying who's better between Shaq yeah, and M- like who, Shaq and MJ like yeah they're different positions but it's more of a positionless game in a sense to the point where you can competently yeah. say that MJ is better than Shaq yeah like how the hell do you how the hell do you compare Dion Sanders versus Peyton Manning. It's that's a very good point. Um, uh, but another player, Kevin KG versus Dirk. What do you think of that? Who who hmm. has the better legacy, like all time? Hmm, that's really interesting because I mean, when Dirk won the twenty eleven finals, um, he was an underdog. He was clearly the best player on his team. He also never switched teams. KG, I mean, Minnesota has always kind of been arguably the worst NBA franchise. Um, he won. He got. He also has one ring. It was from the big three with um, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. Also Rajon Rondo. I would. I would almost consider it a big four. Rajon Rondo is one of the most underrated players of all time. I think it's that's tough. Who is better? You know what's funny? You know what's funny about Rajon Rondo? I'm gonna let you think. But you know what's funny about Rajon Rondo? Rajon Rondo has two rings and three or four All Star appearances. They are not LeBron. uh, No, uh, Rondo. I don't know why I said LeBron because he won one with LeBron. Rondo. Rondo has four all-star appearances from, I believe, 2010 to 20. It's like 2009 to 2012, maybe. Yep, none of those were his championship like years. Yeah, and he won He won a championship a little before that and way after that. Um, I mean, it is interesting how that happens. Yeah, like we all we see tons of cases of um, players winning championships at the tail end of their career. But before, before we get to that, I'll say that KG is a more dominant player than Dirk. But Dirk is a more um, skilled shooter and po- um, possibly yeah. passer. No, KG's a KG's a much better passer. I mean, oh, yeah. oh. Prom KG was a fucking monster. But I mean, yeah, I mean, is it his fault he got drafted into Minnesota? Is it his fault he left? I don't know. I mean, Minnesota's run by a, I don't know. I don't even know who runs Minnesota. Probably someone dumb. Uh, and I mean... Mark Cuban, I don't know. Mark Cuban let Steve Nash go, so that was dumb. But uh, I don't know. Well, it's, Mark Cuban yeah. did like significantly raise like the um how much the Mavs are worth. He made a good investment. He's been a good GM. Dirk, he got Dirk Luka Doncic. Is how much the the Mavs are worth. Dirk Nowitzki is why the Mavs are worth a lot more than they are right now. Let's let's make that clear. Oh well, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Dirk. I think Dirk's name is going to last longer than Kevin Garnett's because I mean, Dirk. Dirk's. They have a picture of Dirk on the stadium. <laughs> Kevin Garnett hasn't gotten his number retired by Minnesota yet, which is which is really says more about 
what Minnesota as an organization Didn't Boston is. retire KG's number? Boston retired KG's number. Wow. Minnesota did not. So KG uh, is a higher overall on the Timberwolves in 2K. <laughs> I mean, facts. Like, Minnesota, get your shit together. Um, that's by far the best player who's ever played for you. Like, by a mile. What are you on? Um, Minnesota. for real for real but back to the Um, point of um players winning championships at the tail end of their careers we saw dwight howard we saw jason kidd um we saw ronda who else have we seen uh gary payton was a sixth man on the 06 heat oh really yeah or i don't know if he was even the sixth man but he was coming off the bench uh, yeah, and Gary Payton just went down as one of those players who, like, Hall of Famer could never beat MJ, though. <laughs> there's so many. Like, that's why MJ is the GOAT. There's there's so many. There's so many. Uh... Yeah, like, the thing is, yeah, the thing is, like, um, MJ does have a better legacy than LeBron. Like, part of it is luck, but yeah. MJ got lucky and ended up with a better legacy. <laughs> guess called the goat because like, yeah, yeah. MJ never ha- um, um, yeah. MJ never faced the seventy three and nine Warriors. Well, he's lucky he didn't have to, so it doesn't get factored into his legacy. He, he was the seventy two and ten Bulls. Like exactly, that's the position yeah. he was in. I mean, uh, MJ, my. My my uh, hot uh, music and basketball take is um, MJ is the Jay Z to Hakeem Olajuwon's Nas. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, that's just I I feel that way. Um, Who's LeBron? Um, Kanye. LeBron's Kanye, something like that. Le- LeBron's first run through with the Cavs was like the um, the college dropout, late registration era. Then when he went to the Heat, it's like my beautiful, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Jesus maybe even. And then when he gets back to the Cavs, it's life of Pablo. Um, when he gets and to the Lakers, it's like yay. Hopefully, Kanye's Lakers day, Lakers days are in front of him. Uh, uh, yeah, another well, another thing. Yeah, like you could think of um, kids see ghosts as the Lakers days, and that, Anthony, Davis is, Anthony Davis is Anthony Kid Cudi. Davis is Kid Cudi. I love that. Yeah. Um. Before we uh, go into talking about rappers' legacies, I'd like to bring up how LeBron's move to the Heat not only impacted his legacy, but it shaped the future of how NBA players are going to go on to make moves in the future in it and i believe that it empowered them yeah i mean that's really him him along with like alan iverson just in the way alan iverson empowered players to really be themselves like personally i think they were really uh like the the player empowerment kind of thing that we have in the nba which i think is really i think uh i think that's like i think the nba does that uh the best of all the major sports leagues um um, I think LeBron has a lot to do with that, partially because of because of a lot of the stuff he does off the court. You know, he's a very charitable guy. He's got that school. He's got he's he's outspoken, um, and you see how that impacts the culture of the NBA. Um, 
and but obviously people always talk about how big the decision was and it was it was huge and at the time he got a lot of he got a lot of shit for it um just because of the way he framed it i would say um because it just because he did it, it, it the way he did it on national tv and it just it, it he didn't look like a good guy doing it but if you actually look at it as a basketball decision, it's obvious. It was obviously the best move for him to go and play with other stars. Um, and then, if you look, if you look even further down the road than uh, like just his Heat days, you look at how it impacted the league. Like once he got to Cleveland, um, like if LeBron doesn't go to Miami and prove that that can work, like uh, Kevin Durant does not go to Golden State, I think, at least. Um, like, I don't think the culture is there where Kevin Durant feels comfortable going to Golden State and uh, winning those championships. And that's, that, in a certain way, some people would say that uh, that impacted Le- LeBron's legacy negatively. It's like, just it's because like a of, chain reaction. Uh, yeah, it's a chain reaction. It's And it's, it's that type of stuff. Um, and, I mean, that's, it, like, LeBron's, LeBron's impact is obviously like just in so much of the modern NBA. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, uh, it got us here. So, yeah. Yeah. So props to LeBron for everything he did. Um, as we mentioned before, LeBron has sort of drawn some parallels with individuals in the rap game. And I think, um, the way in which we've discussed legacies of NBA players can also be applied to rappers. Like, uh, we have NBA legends with long careers, many different championships, playoff runs, high-scoring performances, all that. But you see people like Kanye dropping great al- album after great album, having a, a Hall of Fame career in rap. Um mm-hmm. A lot of hip-hop heads would beg to differ that Drake is a goat, but anyone with common sense would say that Drake is a goat. Let's let's be let's be honest here. He has probably been the most influential artist of the 2010s. I don't know how else to put it. He he's versatile. He makes banger after banger. He's had a very strong legacy but um here's a rapper that um has more of a complex legacy i would say that nas has not necessarily a perfect legacy that it's something to consider because um when you think of nas you think illmatic but then what else do you think of I mean, Nas has a Nas has a good discography, no doubt, and Illmatic. But it's the Illmatic. He dropped what is considered by almost almost universally like one of the, it's what it's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time, obviously. And he he made that when he was a teenager, practically. Like most, a, a lot of the recording for that album came while he was a teenager, um, and it's it's the most influential record in the history of hip hop as well as, you know, the chronic paid in full. Um, and Nas, like, when I think of Nas, I think, but, at the, like, at the end of the day, when I think of Nas, I think he's, I think he's Hakeem Olajuwon, and Jay-Z is Michael Jordan. Like, that's, that's really how I think of them. I think there's a lot of parallels there. I think, um, I think, um, I, like, because no Houston Rockets fan is mad, is upset that, 
the Houston Rockets didn't draft Michael Jordan because they got the greatest player in franchise history. They got their two championships, but nobody at, on the other hand, nobody it's cause there are people who, who put Nas over uh, Jay-Z on goat list, but really Jay-Z is the goat. Um, Jay-Z is the Michael Jordan of rap. Um, Speaking Jay-Z, of Jay-Z, um, if you had the choice between a million dollars and a dinner with Jay-Z, what are you picking? <laughs> Man, you know, you know that knowledge that Jay Z has. Like, <laughs> I think we've all we've all seen it. You pull up to the dinner, you know, and he says, also, you, "You chose this over the million dollars, you fool." What would yeah, you rather have—a million dollars, or a hundred million dollars, or a book on how to make a hundred million dollars? <laughs> Real ones taking the book. I mean, how else are you gonna put it? You open the book. Chapter one is "Take the damn money, you fool." Um, wild wild conversations people have you know uh do you think that travis scott is in the midst of creating a strong legacy or is he a sellout travis scott i mean travis scott is going for every bag there is but travis scott also makes great music and you know it's just yeah like when yeah when astroworld first dropped and like sicko mode went huge and he like placed himself in Fortnite. It was kind of like, oh, he. I felt like um, he was kind of selling out to the mainstream. But re-listening to Astro World, I it's a very good album. I think it's better than Birds in the Trap. I yeah, I think it's undoubtedly better than Birds. Um, I know a lot of people who think it's better than Rodeo. I am not in that camp. Me neither. Uh, rodeo, Rodeo in Trap, like Rodeo and Jeffrey are on a whole nother level young thug, another young. great legacy young thug young thugs i mean young thug pro i've i've seen people on twitter saying that young thug has the best mixtape catalog of all time because before i mean it's kind of hard it, it's easy to forget this because of how many of his projects feel like real albums but um so much fun was his first studio album uh and so much fun and- was was really good yeah so much fun was really good but like like jeffrey barter six slime all the slime seasons um here's an i'm saying here's an nba parallel to a rapper that i think could potentially uh be really interesting freddie gibbs to kevin durant and here's why um Mm -hmm. freddie gibbs needed Mad Lib in order to drop an incredible album. Sort of like how KD needed the Warriors. And then um, Freddie Gibbs collabing with The Alchemist is like KD going to the Nets. What do you think of that? They're also Man, like they're also both pretty out-of-pocket people on social media. I think that just adds to it. Both hilarious. <laughs> both extremely that's, that's, talented that's pretty up. that's pretty true I'll, I'll give them that yeah i mean i don't know is freddie really like is freddie really the uh like you know kd might be the most talented scorer like we've ever seen is k is freddie really the uh the the most talented nba player or like the most talented uh rapper i don't know freddie's got a great discography no doubt and um i mean he thinks very highly um, of himself 
I think he said that he. I think he said at one point that he was better than MF Doom. MF Doom is who people say like uh, rest. Well, first of all, rest in peace. Second of all, people say that he could be regarded as the most talented lyricist of all time when it comes to flow and rhyme scheme and just straight up technique or MF Doom. MF Doom's skill as a rapper, I'm not sure if there's even a parallel. Like it's it's insane. Like Lil Wayne insane. Lil Wayne is <laughs> Lil Wayne is insane in a different way. Lil Wayne is like Kodak Black. <laughs> Kodak Black. Uh Kodak Black's hey, he's got some he's got bars. Uh people no love to hate on Kodak, but um I liked his verse in the 2016 Cypher. Speaking of rappers getting out of prison, um, Bobby Shmurda going to prison is like Michael Jordan playing baseball and then coming back to the league. It's, there's, I see what you're saying, you know? Yeah. Uh, You think Bobby Shmurda is going to drop music and become, like, maintain his relevancy? Because right now his relevancy is based purely on the fact that he's freed and the fact that yeah, drill, I, and the fact that drill music has been popular and Bobby Shmurda kind of got in on that early but if he doesn't really drop music and keep up with the times I don't think he'll maintain his relevancy. Yeah, I mean Quavo's said he's going to be on Coulter 3 uh, which is supposed to drop this year. Um, so so like he's in he's in studios, you know. Like we're get we're going to get new new stuff, I think. I mean that'll be that'll be great to see how his legacy turns out. Um, his his general reputation was um, very much boosted in the sense that he didn't snitch on Rowdy Rebel. That's that's true. Like you look at you look at like what uh what Takashi did and versus what he did. I mean, yeah, it's a. Uh, Takashi, I think a lot of people lost a lot of respect for Takashi because of that. I think, and also, you know, Takashi's done a lot of is different way. Different ways you can define legacies for these people. They're not just the music they drop, but with the actions they take. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, if you look at Takashi, every Takashi, everything Takashi does, it's to stay hot, and it's it's to all of Takashi. Yeah, I think he's starting something about Meek Mill. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's not about it's not he's not about you know consistent greatness. He's about yeah. you know just whatever whatever just it takes to stay hot. And speaking and of Meek Mill's another good person for this for the points we've been making because of um, he do, might not have the the discography that someone like Drake has, but um, I might even say that Dreams and Nightmares. I could see it being better than every single Drake song. You know, I think Drake himself would actually agree with you that there. I believe Drake has said that's like his favorite song ever. Um, like Dreams and Nightmares, it it bangs. It's like an unbelievable banger. And Meek has those. Meek also has his, and that's why he doesn't really have that that one great album. Even though I like Championships, it's not it's not like that one great album. And I think I think Meek, I would love to see Meek put that together. Um, yeah, and another example is Rick Ross. He doesn't necessarily have some long project that like changed the rap game forever.
But like if you see his name on a feature or you see him like uh, drop a single that might collab with another artist, like prepared for your mind to be blown. Like Stay Scheming, Gold Roses, um, his feature on Devil in a New Dress, um, his feature on Lord Knows. I mean, those are just examples of two guys who have created a a legacy and a name for themselves without necessarily having the... um, I, w- I would say they don't really have the artistic prowess of those, like someone like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, a person whose like legacy is really interesting to me because of because just because it's it's so undefined as of yet, but it's like you can see the roots of it growing is someone like Earl Sweatshirt, right? Because Earl, I mean, he's got the odd future thing. Um, and obviously odd future is kind of like tyler's it was really tyler was the the main guy there but um and but like as as earl like kind of came into his own throughout the 2010s like as we we see some younger artists like uh like red veil um like red veil's like younger than you and i like red veil's 16 years old and he's he sounds a lot like earl he's he's making some great music um yeah you know who dropped love sosa at age 16 <laughs> it's very true it's very true um you know 2012 was a great year for teenagers and rap i'm just gonna say that because chance the rapper joey badass and chief keith were all dropping great music like as high school seniors like it's insane um and i mean i'm i mean i'm out here dropping great podcasts as a high school senior i mean it's it, what 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 can we do? You and me were like uh um Let's see what duo is this? Um I was gonna say Joey Badass and Capital Steez, but it's not like because Rip Stilo, uh Long Live Stilo. Bro, this um, is like Kobe and Shaq. Come on. We're Kobe and Shaq, that's exactly it. Um I got my I got my Shaq. I, I our listeners aren't gonna see that, but I'm wearing an LSU basketball shirt right now. Um Shout out, Shaq. Um, yeah, and I, I like back to the Earl point. I think like just like just shout out Makomi. That's all I gotta say. Shout out Makomi. Uh, Jersey represent. Uh, he's a lot like Earl. Shaq um, is from Newark. Speaking of yeah, people from that, Jersey, that, Shaq that is from Newark. Shaq's from Newark. Yeah. Redman's from Newark. Um. All right. Uh, Something else. That I'd like to bring up is that uh, we've talked we've talked about how legacies play a role in which in which the way society views athletes and artists, for example. Those are just those are two examples, but um, something that might be more relevant to a lot of other topics on this podcast would be the legacies of businessmen like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. I. The thing about Elon Musk is that um, the narrative is always changing, and like there will be people who who want to blow him up to make him seem as if he was like this super genius who um, had the most amazing work ethic and was this visionary who he he created Zip Two and then sold the company to. Um, and then he got into 
he he got into aerospace. He got into um, transportation. He got into um, energy infrastructure, and he just he he's about to go to Mars, and they blow him up as if he's like almost as if he's a god. And I feel like um, the way in which his story is told, like obviously I look up to him in in I look up to him in some ways, but I'm not gonna act like he's a god. That I feel like his legacy could be blown up to a degree. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, I think the way he portrays himself publicly kind of does that. Like he kind of does that on purpose. Like both with his social media type of like the way in which he's kind of like appeals to like the redditor type of person yeah um and also the way in which he uh uh like he he kind of like most like he's he's definitely invested in some companies that have that clearly have uh employ some forward-thinking people um like i mean tesla and uh spacex um even if I'm not the biggest fan of Musk as a person there, I think they're doing some some really cool stuff. I think Tesla cars are very cool. And I mean, space travel is um, a fascinating thing. More on that uh, but I think, episode. Like in a certain, like he's, he's a, he's a, uh, he's like a, you know, he's just a businessman. He's just the, the mogul at the Musk, at the Musk is Musk is a businessman. Jay Z is a business man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but like you know, he he like like he gave himself the title of head engineer of Tesla, and that's not actually like he's not actually an engineer. He just he just likes that title um, because it like makes him seem smart. So it's like. And I don't know. Um, there's probably a lot of other. Not, that's not to say that. he doesn't have skills as an engineer because he wrote the software. He completely wrote the software for Zip Two and built that himself. Like he was one yeah, of those I mean, guys just coding at a young age. Like at a young age, I saw some. I saw some documentary about how like like it, part of it was about his childhood and how like at an early age he was like writing software for video games and then selling the software to make money for himself. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess he was just always getting after the bag. Yeah, I mean, it's also worth noting that his dad, you know, was a rich guy in, in South Africa. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, wealth is inherited. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know who's got a fascinating, like, legacy to me is... Uh, you know our our former president Donald Trump because oh, the guy. thing about the thing about him right is everything everything he's done the only thing he's really like the only thing he's really like uh like the one constant that he's consistently uh getting out of all of his business ventures is um personal gaining his personal brand or wealth He's a very good legacy um, you know, he's, as a manipulator, I, I would say. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, as, and he, uh, you know, he's, he, like, he's made a lot of money off of businesses that have gone bankrupt, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, he does, he's bankrupted, like, 11, he's gone bankrupt, like, 11 times. He's, like, filed for, like, a lot of bankruptcies. 
uh, in business. And he's like, but he acts like he's like this genius businessman. And I, I don't really think he's good at like building businesses. I think he's good at building his personal wealth and brand. Um, like when have you heard stories about Donald Trump, like creating innovations or making these like 5,000 IQ investments or like completely changing any sort of industry in any way? The, the Apprentice was not some revolutionary I mean, TV show that yeah. changed the way we view television. Like, yeah, no, he, <laughs> and, and I mean, like, he, he's like, he tries to act like he's this this genius billionaire guy. He's small he, one of a million dollars. Small. He's a Mickey Mouse billionaire. He got his money from his daddy. It's it's Say not real. Again. It doesn't count. It's <laughs> he got he 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 inherit he's. It's Mickey Mouse billionaire. I'm telling you, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. Um, and he, uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it's so crazy that he, he uh, became president. Like, <laughs> that's it's kind of hard to wrap that wrap your brain around that sometimes. Like, why is like that guy's like kids are going to be watching Home Alone two someday, and they're gonna and and. We're gonna like the people who were alive, like when we are, are gonna have to tell them, yeah, that that guy was the president, and he did all sorts of fuck shit. Um, and it's like, well, why the hell was he in this movie? And it's like, he was kind of a guy before he was president. And it's like, well, what was he known for? And he was like being rich, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Legacies. That's all I've got to say. They, some people are blown up to be these goats of the world when really there's more to the picture. It's not just uh, someone's good, someone's bad. There's all sorts of factors at play when you really consider how someone's life has played out, whether how someone's career has played out. Um, I guess that's just how I'll conclude today's episode. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Milo. Great having you on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. I think me I'll again. call it a night. All right, yeah. You shouldn't be focusing on what others are doing beside you, but you should be analyzing the stories of people who've done historical things in the past in order to create a clearer picture for yourself. Not to compare yourself to others, but to learn from them.